This is Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardell. Toronto's News, Today's Talk, 640 Toronto. Well, good evening, my good friends. I was taught many years ago by, in fact, uh, a good friend of mine named Gregory Johnston, who is an old jingle producer. Uh, and I used to work in radio and pivoted onto Bay Street 21 years ago. And he said, Wolfie, uh, we are going to call you the Wolf on Bay Street. Uh, and so uh, the handle um, went. But he also taught me, he said, Wolf, if you want to be successful in life, I'm going to give you a very simple slogan to, to live by, and that is, people in motion come in contact with people in motion, and people at rest remain at rest. COVID is over. It is time to get out there, and, and people are starting to gravitate towards work. I think we're not pushing towards a four-day work week, but uh, got to give her uh, five days that's what you got to do. It's all about building wealth. You got to work. You got to save. You got to invest. And, you know, when you get out there, you can have fun. And I'm, I'm a big believer in having fun. I think if you have fun, Jack, you know this from hockey. If you have fun playing hockey, do you win or lose more games? You win more. Jack's, uh, we're, we're sort of remoteless. We got a guest in the studio, and so the guest took Jack's mic, and he's uh, hanging out closer to Katya, our producer, but uh, you can hear Jack. Yeah, you win more games when you're having fun. I'm all about having fun, and, you know, people can be fun. Um, anyways, I was out a few days ago having a little lunch with my kitties. Uh, brought them down to the office and, you know, showed them Daddy's new little office and uh, try to motivate them as well. But out for lunch to my favorite uh, counter with them and Tronies. And uh, sure enough, who walked in uh, was Todd, a fellow I used to work with in broadcast some 20 years ago. He worked uh, as a producer, Todd Shapiro. Uh, I'm not going to say what Humboldt Fred used to call him. Uh, can I can I tell him what he used to call you? Oh, the history is great because I, I think it's an inspiring history. It from, is an inspiring from from, from from like you know low on on a, a ladder prong to you know going. I think up. Yeah, it's a hundred percent. Like way up, way Wolf. up. No, no. So but, yeah, feel but, free. But, dude. No, 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 no. You, you were an intern, and Howard was was was, was immediately into hand, giving people a handle. Because mm-hmm. even Howard, you got a handle from the guy. Uh, and so, and if it wasn't him, it was, it was Stu Myers. Uh, and I'm not going to tell you what Stu Myers used to call. No, oh, jeez, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> the old but, radio days were nuts. Let's be honest. They were fun. Yes, uh, they were fun. Um, yes. Uh, so Howard named you Retod. Uh, you were an intern working for free. And you got away with that. Um, anyways, uh, that, that handle did not last, and you are obviously a very, very successful entrepreneur. Uh, but I, I saw you at the bar, and uh, I've seen you floating around Bay Street a little bit in the last couple of years, Todd. But uh, really, really fun getting caught up with you. Uh, I congratulate you on your entrepreneurial spirit and your creative uh, uh, direction. You've done a great job. And again, friends, this, this show is about making money and about not being afraid to make change. I made a, a change in my career. Difficult, challenging, doubtful at times, but my friends, the grass was so much greener on Bay Street than it was, I'm going to say at Young and St. Clair, the old radio hub of uh, uh, Toronto. Um, anyways, Todd, welcome to the show. You are obviously no longer in radio, but you certainly have uh, the talent uh, coming in here and changing the studio around and make yourself very comfy, which is nice. But uh, tell me about your uh, new venture. I, I'm a foodie. Uh, one of my favorite salads, I actually stole the recipe from Tronies. It is a uh, oyster mushroom uh, salad on a bed of arugula. Uh, uh, you bake the oysters, a little Parmesan cheese, a little breadcrumb, salt, and pepper. Uh, put that on a bed of arugula with some olive oil and balsamic. Uh, it's absolutely delicious. Uh, but you're in the mushroom business. Uh, two directions. The legitimate business is the one I'm intrigued in, uh, which is just that. Tell me about that business, uh, PEI based. How you got? Uh, how you managed to get into sure. a legitimate uh, mushroom business? I'd love to give you a little context b- about it because we are, um, you know, we're I'm the CEO of a publicly traded company called yeah. Red Light Holland, mm-hmm. 
I worked in radio in this very building for about five years at 228 Young Street for about seven years before that. I then went to Sirius XM for also close to seven years, uh, did my own show. And, and throughout that entire experience of radio and networking and meeting people and being out there, um, I, I, I was always a believer, and I love what you said about having fun and having passion. And, and, and quite candidly, I was losing my passion in radio. It's just mm-hmm. like I, I'd done it. It was almost 20 years, you know, and I was looking to kind of lean into a network that I think I befriended very well and never really asked for anything to see what, like, you know, if there was ever an opportunity at entrepreneurship, how do you go out, reach out to them and get them involved? You know, you talked about it. Teams have fun, momentum, movement, all that kind of stuff. Through radio and through just personal experiences, I was a very anxious guy. Still am to some extent. Um, I, I was, you know, I'm, I'm, I get moody, I get emotional, I, I, get, I get down at times. And a lot of people I was talking to, and this was before the pandemic, mm-hmm. were suffering from a lot of this too. When I say people, artists, creative types, musicians, comedians, like this, this you know, all, all great entertainers that if you see them like on stage, you're like, my goodness, this person's on top of the world. They're the most confident person of all time. Then if you get to know them, they're not. So I started to do a deep dive on more health and wellness. And, and there was a big cannabis craze, as we all know, and especially in the publicly traded side of things. Cannabis companies came out there, raised a lot of money, legalization happened, et cetera, et cetera. When it came to sort of what is the next thing that we can do and, and, and how can we help human beings, health came up, but not just the mushrooms you're speaking of at first. It was magic mushrooms. And not magic mushrooms in a very psychedelic way that people think about them. Responsible use, education, information, and mushrooms that are done with corporate governance, being self-regulatory. And how can you do that to help anecdotally? Can't make medical claims as a company, Red Light Holland. But why this is important for the story before the, the other mushrooms you speak of is because I raised $4 million on the back of the other mushrooms, which legally... By all compliance and by all laws, I could sell in the Netherlands. They're called magic truffles. Essentially, the fruiting body, the underground portion of the magic mushroom. I eat the so, root. It's the root. It's it's the. I'm not a mycologist, and I you know that people will kind of define it a lot more uh, concretely than just a root. But yes, there there you know it's it's basically it never sees the light of day. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. I, I was in Amsterdam and I saw uh-huh. it in these stores, and so I just intrigued. I didn't buy any. I wasn't really interested in shrooms per se, but I was intrigued. And I said, "Why not the mushroom? Why the root?" And I, I don't, I don't recall the answer. But they, they will both get you. It, it, listen, they will a, affect your mood. I shall it, say, it, it has psilocybin in it, right? So, what, what is it? Psilocybin. Um, psilocybin, psilocybin and psilocybin. Psilocybin is sort of the main active ingredient, the psychoactive uh, component yeah. of it, and and the compound that that used responsibly. We're seeing tons of st- uh, studies now, whether it's at John Hopkins University or whether it's um, you know FDA backed. Um, uh, uh, for for therapeutic use for soldiers and things, we're seeing a lot of great studies going into traumatic stress. I heard, oh. and and the other concept, and Jack, you heard this around our office again. Came through the cannabis phrase and saying, you know, uh, the legalization is not going to stop a cannabis. They are going to move towards the mushroom business. But uh, we heard of people microdosing, taking a very small amount of psilocybin. Uh, programmers, for example, in California, uh, who'd work 18, 20 hours a day, and I said on shrooms. And, and taking a little, I don't understand. Perhaps speak to me about what the theory is. Obviously, not scientifically proven. And friends, by the way, I'm not. We are not advising any of you to invest in magic mushrooms. It is so not. It's a legal business, obviously, all here in Canada. And unless the company's worth, I'd say, 25 billion or more, Jack and I wouldn't even look at it. But 
I am interested in the space. I'm interested in new industries. And certainly when it comes to modern science, uh, I think we have a few things yet to discover. I don't think we figured it all out yeah, yet. And, and, and Wolf, listen, there, there are a lot of studies that are proving out the benefits of psilocybin. And we can cite those later on your website if you want. We have a plethora of them. You mentioned microdosing. When I originally did that $4 million raise, we, we, we wanted to do stuff in the Netherlands that nobody has ever done before. So essentially what we wanted to do, which we have done now, which we've proven out, is we've set up a app that can consensually track users' data. So they give us um, their, 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 their effects, their benefits, their dosages, their weights, their heights, their ethnicities. So you can start to help to target others of similar like-minded body makeup. We have biometric movement data that we file patents on. We also have telecounseling support set up. So at any point, if you want to talk to someone while you're microdosing, and again, it's all around the microdosing theme and responsible use. None of this old school, just selling it in a CD kind of head shop. It's not like that. We're even designing uh, mushroom shops right now that we're calling wellness worlds or maybe mushrooms and more, like things that are really lending to end the stigma around psychedelics and, and that trippy kind of stuff. And how do you help human beings? The entire company is based on the foundation of helping human beings with a mental health crisis right now. Um, and, and we're doing so, and we're proudly doing so. But you're, um, yeah, I'm yeah. going to flip it around. So, so again, you obviously have the, the uh, psychedelic component around uh, your business. Uh, and again, if you're just tuning in, Todd Shapiro has joined us, a former broadcasting friend of mine uh, who I bumped into at uh, my favorite lunch counter, and uh, he's up to some very interesting things, uh, specifically around the world of mushrooms, uh, legal, consumable, edible, um, shall I say healthy shrooms? My, no, Without no, regular, regular, regular mushrooms. mushrooms. Yeah, I regular, mean, regular, yeah. what do you call regular mushrooms? Fun functional exotic functional. mushrooms. Exactly. Without a doubt. Oyster mushroom, considered an exotic mushroom, portobello yes. exotic. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what kind of goodness uh, is in a mushroom? And I, I was told at my class of George Brown, by the way, uh, that there is naturally occurring or reoccurring MSG in mushrooms. Hmm. I don't know about the MSG I, did, I, I, I yeah. now do. Yeah. George I Brown I wouldn't lie. I'd have to, and I wish I'd, I brought on my uh, chief scientific officer to, to like really talk about this yeah. kind of stuff, but the functional benefits we're seeing across the, the, the spectrum of all mushrooms for um, cognitive behavior that studies are proving, um, uh, you know, lion's mane or a shiitake will work towards that to reducing... Um, uh, inflammation, things like vitamin D in mushrooms too. There's so many different benefits of mushrooms. So where the pivot happened for us, and I think it's an important part of the story for Red Light Holland, is we realized the markets were small with psilocybin. And, and did you want to merge with a cannabis company? But I think that was dangerous, Wolf, because what you don't want to do is stereotype drugs. Like a cannabis drug isn't the same as uh, a magic mushroom or a magic truffle and a magic mushroom isn't the same as MDMA, which now we're seeing studies and, you know, companies going into that world in terms of research and biotech and big pharma and stuff. So the idea was once we learn about mushrooms being healthy for you, that studies do prove out, why not look to other mushrooms that you mentioned, functional exotic mushrooms? And so we, we pivoted by, by becoming a, just a mushroom company. Mushrooms are trendy right now. Look at Mario Brothers is coming out. Mushroom kingdom world. You know what I mean? Like um, Hermes has a display right now on, on uh, Bloor Street. Mushrooms are in the display. Mm. Um, it's just like a Justin Bieber's wearing sweatshirts that said, eat every, everything mushrooms. It's mm. like a really interesting time mm. for the mushroom world. And it's a lot to do with the health benefits well, that we've learned from 
years and years and years of, of, of other different, uh, uh, whether it's countries or ethnicities or, or, or uh, indigenous people who, who really live by mushrooms um, to help them live a better life. I love mushrooms. Uh, regular, edible, normal mushrooms. Uh, so much fun. You can make a stock out of mushroom, a mushroom stock, and, and incorporate that into your sauces, for example. Uh, salads, steaks on their own. Uh, the variety, uh, the options are endless. Uh, I continue to learn. And you, you gave me some interesting uh, go-aways when I made yeah, those little boxes where I can actually grow my own legitimate mushrooms at home. I can't wait to try that. Uh, we're talking to Tal Shapiro, uh, form, formerly of uh, Edge 102, uh, now uh, a, uh, I should say, venture capitalist, uh, specializing in the uh, mushroom business with his company, Red Light Holland. Uh, quick break, pay some bills around here, get back to Hi-Fi Radio, does a show about money. Any questions? WolfgangKlein.com. Stay tuned. Let's take a break. Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto. Picture yourself in a boat on a river With tangerine trees and marmalade skies Somebody calls you, you answer quite slowly A girl with kaleidoscope eyes This is a show about money. I call it Hi-Fi Radio. That's the fidelity for you. So my question remains, was that song written about LSD? Well, Todd Shapiro, he's in the uh, shroom business, uh, legitimate and less legitimate, but still, you know, on the perhaps verge. Um, do you think that song, song was written about LSD? Yeah, I think that a lot of songs, uh, especially during that era, were influenced by uh, a lot of different drugs. But see, now you're adding to the stigma by playing songs and grouping LSD with other psychoactive I, could, I couldn't find in the night garden. I couldn't find in the night garden theme music. But my God, it, uh, that would have been my second choice. You haven't watched in the night garden. No, Friends at home. Not. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. What a bizarre show that we put our kids in front of, and they loved it. Oh boy, my uh, people have said, who in the world, or what were they on when they produced that show? Um, I'm just curious, um, uh, why uh, is your normal mushroom farm uh, in the East Coast? Why PEI? Yeah, so, uh, you know, we, we started with the Netherlands, and then we thought to expand our mushroom network. So we met these guys named Andrew Hatfield and Andrew Kobayashi. Amazing dudes. I, I got one of my uh, M&A guys to go and seek out mushroom farms across Canada. Legitimate mushroom farms. Legitimate mushroom Listen, what varieties? Yeah, so those are shiitake, lion's mane, and oyster. So they did exotic mushrooms. Mm -hmm. And what we really loved about this company was they produce home grow kits. And why the home grow kits were really intriguing to me as an entrepreneur were when they legalized cannabis one day, mm -hmm. they allowed every adult to have legal homegrow oh. cannabis oh. plants. So my line of thinking was, if That's and when regulations ever permit, and by the way, we're, we're, we're no closer today than we were three years ago, okay, there's been some progress with special access program and exemption 56 is for magic mushrooms, but if and when legalization were to ever happen, my thought and our thoughts on the board were we could have homegrow kits that were already going out to consumers, collect their information, and then one day just have another homegrow kit go to them that would be of the magic mushroom variety. But in the meantime, these lines made shiitake and oyster are really doing very well for us as a company. We are in Loblaws. 
Uh, the Super Centers, we're in 13 stores there, hoping to expand in them. We're in 24 Canadian Tire stores right now with them. We're in over 95 retailers across Canada with our home grow kits. And the really exciting thing for us, too, is with this Lion's Mane, Shiitake, and Oyster, we signed on. Do you know, who, have you ever heard of Wiz Khalifa? No. Wiz Khalifa, one of the most famous rappers in the world. Uh, it's, you know, Wolf. Jack, gotta, do you know Wiz? Yeah. Okay, well, so the Katia producer yeah. knows Wiz. Jack, okay. do you know the Wiz? Okay, that's amazing. You guys don't know Wiz Khalifa. I, I'm worried I, I about think, the, I'm thinking I'm, Seinfeld. I, I'm really worried about the Bo- I'm the Wiz! He's, 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 you know, listen, he's a massive guy. I'm sure we played some Wiz songs. You would know them. But um, long story short, we're creating a brand around him called Mr. Caps, not Happy Caps, that will also do these home grow kits because they are immensely popular. Uh, even this weekend, we're at the One of a Kind show right now, and people love them at the One of a Kind show in no, I think Toronto. they're great. I, I, and again, uh, oyster mushrooms are $28 a pound. Uh, they're, they're not, they're, listen, exotic mushrooms aren't cheap. And, and a lot of the exotic mushroom production actually comes from overseas. And, hmm. and it's great to be a Canadian-made mushroom producer. We're mushroom farmers. We also have another farm in New Brunswick that does strictly shiitake mushrooms. So we've partnered with uh, the president of Mushrooms Canada, Mike Medeiros, and, and they own Carlton Mushroom Farms. They also own uh, Holborn Mushroom Farms and FNR Mushroom Farms. These are like multi-million you know, dollar, probably if you, you were to do their valuations together, probably $150, $200 million mushroom farms. We have a much smaller mushroom farm in New Brunswick that does distribution of shiitake mushrooms for grocery stores, for restaurants. Likely, Taroni might even have our shiitake mushrooms in that restaurant. Wow, that's very exciting. And again, there, there's a family, uh, A, the cranberry business, interesting business, uh, right? A few dominant families do the, the cranberry business. The potato business is, is dominated by a family or two here in Canada. But the wild berry, the wild berries, uh, that's interesting, isn't it? There is no cultivation effort required. They just pick them. Uh, huh. They're wild blueberries, I guess, out in the East Coast, right, Jack? Yeah, a lot of the blueberries in Canada, Costco, are coming from the East Coast as well. Right, yeah. Okay. But, but for us, it was more just entrepreneurship, right? Like it wasn't specific to the location. I understand. Um, yeah, yeah, for the mushroom itself. But I mean, it, it is a really great business with with you know good good gross profits and good margins. And you talk about like these few families who run other types of produce. It's the exact same in the mushroom business across the world. The mushroom industry is very small. I joke. It's like the mushroom mafia, but they're legitimate businesses. And 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 it's neat because our Netherlands farmers are really good friends with our farmers in Ontario. And we didn't even know that. We're building a 75,000 square foot farm or 70,000 square foot farm out in Peterborough. And that's, you know, designs are, are happening right now. The design firm is in the town, Horst, the Netherlands, where our magic truffles are grown. So it's amazing you talk about this small world of farming and a couple of families. It's, it is very true to that in the mushroom space as well. And we're in bed with them. It's amazing. Jack, do you know how expensive truffles are? Well, we're not, yeah, different. I don't mean, I don't mean magic yeah. much. I'm actually just thinking once again about, I'm, I'm so square. I'm talking about yeah. legitimate truffles. Sure. I think if you were to buy uh, seven grams, which is a little ball about that big of an actual truffle mushroom. 500 bucks? No, about 80 to 100 dollars. 80 to 100 bucks. And then that was at the cheese boutique. I think it's called the cheese boutique uh, that I went to once. Just, I didn't buy it. I'm not going to pay 80 bucks. But again, when you have a nice pasta dish with a few shavings of a proper truffle, not the ones you're talking about in the Netherlands. I'm good. Unbelievable! Wow, yeah, game, a little game aroma, a little flavor, for fantastic sure, fantastic stuff. You can smell the, uh, you know, the salesman coming down the room for miles away. Like, you know, like, we we went legal with cannabis in Canada. Yeah, they're still debating the United States, but uh, mushrooms, I think, is a different category. Uh, you know, the, the street-born shrooms 
can, can really wake people out. Uh, I would not want to see an individual like that behind any vehicle of any uh, moving sort. Without a doubt. can really wake people. Do you, do you actually yeah. think it goes now? Again, from a post-traumatic stress syndrome, mm-hmm. from a, you know, last cause. I'm hearing some, like, there's a good documentary on hallucinogenics and Netflix. Sure. I, I started watching some of it. Quite intriguing. A little out there, but intriguing. Mm-hmm. Uh, worthy of study. Uh, I just think it's so far away. Yeah, if, I mean, if it even I, gets there, I, I think you're conjecturally speaking, though. Like you're just saying that based on sure. opinion without any fact behind We're, it, right? Well, so we we have yes, your honor. We have had Health Canada uh, issue us four um, import permits for psilocybin to be tested at labs. So we've shipped our product in the Netherlands. It's being tested over here, which nobody else has done. It's now currently because we have what's called assembly and packaging within our lab well, that we can put into microdosing capul, uh, capsules to try to get to a COA, a certificate of authority. So then at some point, could we be a supplier for these special access programs for these exemption 56s? Or could we supply for what we're seeing going on across the world, which is actually really exciting. Measure 109 is writing regulations around magic mushroom usage right now. We've spoken in the Senate over there. We've shared with them our data from the Netherlands. We've in fact influenced, directly influenced the writing of the regulations to now include microdosing. And I think what you're getting at is a fair question. Would they ever be legal? I have no idea. I can't say, you know, that, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not one of the, you know, always do due diligence, financial advice, all that stuff. Um, You know, make sure you study this emerging market. But what I do know, which is really exciting, is with these regulations being written in Australia and Measure 109, we're learning. So it seems to be, though, somewhere in between a medical prescribed usage and a, and a recreational use, meaning facilitator-based. So you would walk into a facilitator center. You'd have a facilitator, facilitator, uh, facilitator come up to you. Hey, Wolfgang Klein, Klein okay, great. Um, yes, you suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder because, you know, your radio show's ratings are terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, 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 you know, we'd like to, you know, you, you'd like this amount of dosage. Here's your facilitator to issue your therapeutic purpose. And that purpose could be microdosing. So you sit like a cup of coffee in a coffee shop. And you have a coffee for half an hour. They look at you. Okay, you look good. Your eyes are straight. You're walking straight. You feel good. You're in a relaxed position. You're allowed to leave now. And I think this is what we're really going to start to discover in a lot of different countries in terms of actually naturally occurring prescription or facilitator-based models. And, and by the way, the one thing that is really curious to me, and I think it's curious to a lot of consumers, is why the heck can these illegal magic mushroom shops pop up on Queen Street, on, on Bloor Street, on in Vancouver? There's about eight of them right now. They're called shroomies. They're called fun guys. Are they what they're selling? Illegal mushrooms? Uh, without a doubt. Zero oh. crackdowns. Oh, yeah, Katya, our producer yeah. of, of, of hey. early 20s, is not, yep, yes, sir. That's <laughs> so <laughs> their new producer. So, yep, oh, yeah. So when that happened oh, with- Oh, my Taronis all the time. Right, but when that happened with cannabis shops, they put cinder blocks in front of them. They shut them down, but it forced regulations around because the people are consuming. Don't you want to know where you're getting it from? There's no fecal matter in it, et cetera. And, and by the way, don't you want the fecal companies- Fecal not good. Fecal not good. No, no, no. Don't you want the companies paying their taxes, making sure they have good corporate governance, self-regulatory processes, which I've talked about. So it's a really interesting time. And the, and the only other note I'll say, and I, you know, I, I like to think that this is excitement because younger people, people in college and stuff- they're getting away from booze. Trends are showing they'd much prefer cannabis or magic mushrooms. And you're starting to see these studies come out where maybe booze is one of the bigger hazards. And we're going to learn a lot about that over the next decade, I believe. So it's a really exciting time. I'm down to two weeks. Yeah. Two a week. That, two drinks a week. You, <laughs> well, that's what I'm supposed to be. Yeah. That's, oh, what, yeah. That, that's what they told me. I'm allowed two a week. Todd Shapiro, a red light Holland entrepreneur, way ahead of the curve, um, but legitimizing it with... Uh, 
them. Good old quality shiitakes and uh, what is it? What are the other two? Uh, yeah, we, uh, lion's mane oyster shiitake. We do yeah. reishi the odd time. We do blue uh, blue oyster. We, we we got a variety of mushrooms, and we're building a really big farm. It's a really exciting time. I, for I'm the excited by space. it. I, I'm very excited yeah. uh, for you uh, ha- on many, many fronts. Happycaps.ca. Check out the wisdom truffle. It's a mushroom lamp we've designed, which is really beautiful, too. Great tech <laughs> yeah. device. We got a lot of really cool stuff in the mushrooms. Yes, so that's what people need a mushroom lamp to go beside their yeah. lava uh, lamp. Uh, indeed. The show's Hi-Fi Radio, show about money. I was trying to keep our minds and ears open. Uh, pleasure to have Todd Shapiro in the studio. We're going to get technical with our technician, Javid Mirza, uh, right after the break. Please stay tuned to Hi-Fi Radio, 640 Toronto. Don't go anywhere. There's more Hi-Fi Radio in a moment on 640 Toronto. No need to ask, he's a smooth operator. This makes you feel better, doesn't it? Uh, wine, music. I used to say women, I don't like to say that anymore. But wine, women, and music was what it was all about. Love shot, eh? Love music, love food. Uh, you know, if you're bored, you got to hook up with Jack and I. Uh, come down to our office. Uh, I got my brother's old stereo hooked up, playing phonographic records. That's right, phonographic. I was like pornographic, <laughs> but it's not. Oh boy, I'm going down a rabbit hole. I'm gonna dig out of quickly. Javit, our technician, spending some time with us. Uh, market technician. He looks at charts, and he looks at what's called a volume. Javit, you know what's an interesting? And I know you are a certified market technician, so you know more about point and a figure charting than I do. Uh, but there are many ways of looking at charts and. Uh, Jack and I subscribe to um, some software called SIA. It's a momentum tool. Uh, it just basically looks at uh, percentage moves of, of one stock against another and looking for stocks of strength versus stocks of weakness. And they, they, they do a lot of that math based around um, a point and figure charting, which is basically a bunch of X's and O's, and it takes time out of the equation. It only looks at share price. Uh, I just find it a very interesting way to look at uh, stock charts. And I never hear you speak about point and figure charting. I'm just curious. Uh, and if you're just tuning into the show, don't, I don't want to lose you. I'm just hanging for the 30-second answer from Jab, and then we'll get into some of the more beaten potatoes of what's going on in the market. But, yeah, well, what do you think of point and figure charting, uh, Javid? I think it's a very powerful tool. We actually use it in the background of some of our analysis. It's funny. It's actually how I started some of my charting way back when, when I used to do stock charts by hand for my dad. So uh, he was a broker back in the mid-late 80s, and that's how I got my allowance. So I'd be charting this stuff by hand out of the back of the Globe and Mail. So bottom line, very powerful tool, not used as often. No, it's not. You can't get it on some of the platforms, but you have to dig deep to get it. Well, we dug deep. We got it. Uh, we like it. It's interesting way of viewing uh uh, the market. Uh, anyways, so what do you see in the charts? Uh, what, what are the charts telling you? Things that look interesting to the upside, things that look ominous or slightly downward sloping to lighten up on our void? Talk to us. Yeah, so, I mean, no change in view. We've been quite constructive. I think you've had us on the show a couple of times. We've been quite constructive since the October lows. We thought that was a major market low taking hold. Investor sentiment here remains quite bearish. Nobody believes this rally. Strategists across the board are pretty bearish. So you have all the the, the um, positive sentiment indicators. Today we had larger than expected job losses, which is another positive. Yeah, bad news, good news. 
Yeah. And so what we're seeing here, I mean, I am concerned that the market is getting a bit ahead of itself because we don't think there are going to be rate cuts. We think the Fed will pause, but uh, we think that this new rate regimen is here for a longer and we're going to see higher rates uh, for quite a long time. But in general, from what we're seeing underneath the surface, things continue to look quite constructive. Hmm. So, Javid, you talk about uh, the rate environment that we're in right now. I'm going to say higher for longer. That's consensus, obviously, with the the higher inflation that we've had. And it seems like the central banks are really determined to get that under control. Um, You're a guy that looks at price and volume. So the bond market, to me, is saying that rates are going to be lower. Are they getting it wrong? I I mean, that's what the market, that's what the bond market, we're reading the same message, but I think we have the next Fed meeting in the beginning of May, and I think we're selling, setting up nicely here for at least, maybe not sell in May, but trim in May. That's how we're kind of reading how everything appears to be playing out. So overall, why, why would be selling? I know selling may go away is the old adage. Uh, it doesn't mm-hmm. always, far from works every year, but uh, why do you think this year could be a good setup for that? Well, typically seasonality is, as you're well aware, pretty strong into May. But I think we have the Fed meeting. And what we're seeing here is market participants are saying, look, the Fed is going to be forced to cut. We, I mean, the market is always right. But what we're, our work suggests that we're entering new rate regimens where maybe we don't see as big cuts as the market anticipates. So either way, we're going to get word from the Fed at the beginning of May. And so we'd be looking to trim a little ahead of that meeting. But right now, we think the glide path into early May is higher. Because mm-hmm. Jack bespoke that in the, the interest rate chart, the Fed, is it the Fed funds futures we're looking at where it is rolling over. The market yeah, expectations for rates are to go lower over the, I'm going to say next couple of years. The next couple, because I saw they, they expect the, uh, the Fed fund futures. Uh, to trade at about 235, 250, two and a half percent. But I think the point uh, that's about two years. So the, the point that Javid is making, if that is priced into the market right now, so equities are priced off fixed income. So maybe the the equity market is getting ahead of himself. And yeah. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Javid, but the mar- equity market is getting ahead of itself for expectations for rates to fall maybe quicker than uh, they actually will. If the Fed and other central banks are uh, as adamant as, as holding tight to make sure that they snuff out this inflation that we've recently experienced. No, you, you've, you've painted the picture perfectly there, Jack. That's exactly what we're thinking. So either way, it looks like the glide path is higher, but I think the market might be in for a bit of a rude awakening come early May. So that's kind of what well, how rude How rude can it may be? Uh, I don't know. It could be like 5% correction. I mean, we've already, the last up legs higher, like we saw, Jack's laughing now. Five percent. Well, five percent is a hiccup in the market. Well, if we, we, I know you that. Know that's my to, point. You come to experience. If you're an equity yeah, investor, you trade for that. You can't trade. No, no, at least home, twice. You he, can't trade for five points. Can't do it. Don't do it. Good luck. You won't but make I, it I spoke happen. with a client that said, you know, I was down at one point. It was down ten percent. I said that happens at least twice a year in a normal equity market. Normal market. And I'm going to say, you know, once every five years, probably down twenty percent. Once every four years, down maybe twenty. And, and then decade, a bear market, 50%. a real bear market, yeah. They, but they happen over and over. It's going to happen again. And what would Warren Buffett do? One thing, only buy at the pullback. Sure, if things get really expensive, you can sell. But 
uh, you don't trade just because you guess the market's going to be present at home. If you're a technician, if you can be quick, uh, different kettle of fish, and you can make money many a different way. Uh, but in managing retail, which is what Jack and I do, uh, we believe the high probable way is to play the probabilities. And the probabilities are you buy quality, you diversify at the margin, have a little cash every now and then, maybe add in some bonds, but don't try to get cute A's. May, you got to go. You know, I'm going to share that with you, Javid. I had a prospect come into our office and said, Wolf, I don't want to start doing business with you until June because something bad's going to happen in June. And this was in, in February. I said, well, what bad is going to happen to you? I'm not, I'm not sure. I just heard something bad is going to happen. Therefore, I want to defer my investment process until after June. Does that make any sense to anyone listening to the show right now? Ponder that. We're going to take a quick commercial break. It's iFi Radio. Spending time with our market technician, Javid Mirza, is on the show frequently. As he's a fantastic chartist, shall I say. Well, he sees things perhaps you don't and can be very helpful to, well, our clients. Stay tuned. Want to make more money? Stay tuned for more Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto. Welcome back. That's what the show's about. And it can be a gas. It's all about being gas. May your life be a gas. Yep. But you say, well, Faye, wake up and smell the coffee. And my other buddy, as I said earlier in the show, said, Wolf, people in motion come in contact with people in motion. People at rest stay at rest. So please stand up, get up, make it happen. Yep. So I, I learned a few weeks ago in, in refurbishing my Marantz receiver uh, and Bo 901 speakers that if you stick to quality, and I'm talking about a quality spouse, a quality home, a quality portfolio, and quality items. If you, if you stick to quality, they can often hold value and go up in value. And Marantz Steering in my office right now purchased for $1,000 in good condition on eBay, worth $4,000. Yet all those cell phones, remember the collection of cell phones we had in our office, Jack, before our move? We had Blackberries, we had flip phones. We just used to keep our, keep our, our old cell phones just to laugh at the technology change over time. Uh, but hey, vinyl remains. Quality audio remains. And uh, I learned anyways this week that that record, Dark Side of the Moon, was recorded in a quadraphonic sound, baby. Quadraphonic. Kat, did you know what quadraphonic sound is? She's a producer of this radio show right here. I have no idea. She, does, she studied RTA production. I'm sure, right? You study this stuff? Uh, I studied journalism. You studied journalism? Yeah. Oh, Kathleen studied journalism, my other partner. Uh, quadraphonic sound was, well, stereo times two. So the sound would come out of four different channels. So you'd have four speakers each having a slightly different sound, and that would make the record. So, yes, Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon was recorded in quad. Uh, and I know that because I asked uh, a fellow from the speaker shop who repaired my stereo. Uh, I said, that Techniques over there, that's actually a great uh, unit as well. How does it compare it to Moran? I said, well, first of all, that Techniques was, in fact, quadraphonic. And that made me laugh. I want to actually ask, I'm going to stay in the same, that word quad. I was going to actually ask about Quaaludes. Uh, that was a funny one. That, uh, that well, that that's commingling drugs again. Yeah, commingling. No way. The Stay that. focused. But, but but that product went off the market. You, you couldn't find that product. We obviously just learned that from that, that silly movie, The Wolf on Wall Street, when you, 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 you took his the old quaaludes. <laughs> they weren't working, so he kept taking them. And, oh goodness gracious! Uh, once again, a rabbit hole that the wolf is sniffing around. Uh, Javid Mirza, our market technician, uh, spending time with us. Javid, did you ever have a quadraphonic uh, stereo? Uh, I think my dad actually might have. He was big into stereo equipment, too. 
Raleigh, when, when you're bored, come to my office. I want you to hear my Marantz and playing some records. It sounds so good. It'll, everyone who comes into my office feels immediately better. If you feel better, you're more productive. You make more money. It's what it's all about. So I'm giving you ways to make more money and save some money, friends. Uh, indeed. Javit, we're talking charts here. I'm just going to go through a few sectors with you, if I may. Sectors that look strong. I'm curious if you think they're going to continue. Sectors that look weak. Are they going to bottom or continue to go lower? Let's start with the pipelines uh, here at home. Enbridge, TransCanada, Pembina, uh, Kinder Morgan, south of the border. Not working. Big dividend payers, not working. I'm confused, Javid. From the onset, I say, with pipelines, they are not building any more pipelines. They don't like them. They don't want pipelines. So those who stand get to profit. Why do you think the pipes are weak? Well, I mean, if you listen to our last couple of calls and what we've talked about, we've been cautious on energy here for a while. So I think the market is anticipating this sideways trading range that we think is uh, we're going to see crude locked in for the next call it year or so. So that's why the market has been pricing in this weakness. I think you're going to see a lot of the energy stocks kind of follow suit. And what we're going to see in that range, in that group broadly, we believe is this kind of choppy sideways trading range. Which so they're, they're, they're just being thrown in with, with the, uh, with the price of the commodity oil, which is trended lower. But I look at many of the oil stocks. Yes. Yeah, CNQ, Suncor have corrected, but uh, the world's largest, and we own it across our business, is ExxonMobil. Stock's about $108. What's the high in it, Jack? Was it $120, $118? Around $120. So it's pulled back about 10%. No biggie. Tourmaline's had a big pullback. Vermilion's had a big pullback. Um, So I think you still find some areas of strength. But so tell tell us about crude then. How do you think crude plays out for the next 12 months? Basically, a sideways trading range, we think, uh, you know, probably bounded by 70 to the upside and around 60 to the downside. That's kind of our working call that we've had since, call it the middle of last year. Mm-hmm. I got to say the large cap energy companies, Wolfgang, in that environment, if it's range bound, as long as it does, you don't get into a severe recession, I would expect that the, those companies, that sector should do relatively okay. They're printing as, as, money, cash, cash, cash. They're just printing so much cash. is unbelievable. Um, banks, uh, obviously the f- mini I'm not, should I call it a financial crisis? Why not? The mini financial crisis in the United States with the regional banks um, obviously the, the, sh- shook things up a little bit. What is your take on the uh, banks both sides of the border? Because here at home, TD even, even imploded because it's making a U.S. acquisition. Its stock was down how much, Jack? About 15% like poop through a goose? It was down quite a bit. I, I know that, uh, again, uh, our strategists, our analysts are, are looking within the, the financial sector for opportunities because when they're, you know stocks are down, good quality companies... Uh, it's a good opportunity to be a provider of liquidity. Well, I, I'm intrigued in TD, but again, CIBC and Scotia not working. Uh, Javid, give, give us your 30 cents on uh, 30 seconds on the banks. I mean, I like the banks broadly in both Canada and the U.S. I think it looks like they've stemmed the contagion, and these stocks are trying to repair themselves. Mm-hmm. So, in general, I mean, I think you've heard that saying. You know, no one ever. Uh, for Canadian PMs, no one ever got fired for buying Canadian banks. And especially, you know that we do very long-term work, both in terms of cycle and price action. And if you look at the longer-term charts of the Canadian banks and some of the bigger U.S. ones as well, those, a lot of those charts have seen some near-term damage, but we view that as a longer-term An opportunity. opportunity. And I, I think the key thing, too, is you know, and what we've been talking about, just in terms of market timing, we have different 
clients. We have retail clients. We have hedge fund clients. We try to balance the timeframes for all of them. But in general, you know, that was our call at the start of the last last year is that we were cautious on equity markets. And we thought this four-year cycle reset was going to take hold. And then back in October, we said, basically, look, we'd be buying equities here. We think a major price low is in place. So stepping aside from this little 5% hiccup that we see here, uh, we view this you know, right now where we are is a good longer term opportunity to add equity exposure. But you are cautious around May. Uh, so, you know, uh, if you're listening to what Javid has to say, you know, perhaps you uh, uh, tread cautiously. Um, Javid Mirza, our market technician at Canaccord, spending some time with us this evening, analyzing the charts and we're all having some fun. It's all about uh, just that. If you have fun, you're better at what you do, I believe. Uh, you have a good weekend, my good friend, uh, Javid. And friends at home, please, if any questions for Jack or any money questions whatsoever, uh, no question too big, honestly, no question too small, uh, we help them all. Uh, just send us a line, drop us a line, give us a call. Uh, we will get back to you. But you got to wake up in the morning, smell the coffee, go to work, make some money, save some money, and continuously, consistently invest money. How long? 25 years. You do that, and I mean consistently for 25 years, how much a month? I don't know, go a thousand bucks a month, 12,000 bucks a year. You do that for 25 years, you will be a multi-millionaire as long as you're investing properly, which is buying quality blue chip stocks. That's what history has done in the past. I would expect a similar outcome over the next couple of decades. Uh, I encourage you to get started. The sooner, the better. Have a great weekend. Speak to you next weekend. You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardhill, Portfolio Managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any questions about money, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. Join us again next week.